0: welcome back to this week's episode of the tyson pre-show i am so glad you decided to join me today i'm gonna help you own your mountain today i believe with all my heart that as you're listening to this there's something inside of you that says you have to transition you need to make a change you need to do things differently and so today we're going to talk about the adoption or adoption curve and we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes. Listen, I just want to invite you to sit back and relax. Of course, if you're driving and listening to this, don't relax too much. But think about the the thing that you want to do that maybe seems a little out there and you're not sure if you can accomplish it. You're not sure if you should invent it. You're not sure if you should go on that vacation. You're not sure if you should uh, try that different job listen, today as we talk about this, you're going to learn something that I've learned. I've known it for years. It's so important. And when you're aware of it, it makes your transitions easier. I'm thinking specifically of the interview that we did last week with Amy Siwi as she moved from central Indiana, real estate agent doing very well for herself. And she transitioned to hunting pythons in the Everglades in a, I mean, in a swamp, right? So When you think about that transition, you think about that change, you can do it. You can do something that seems absolutely ridiculous to everybody else, but it's in you to do it. And so I want to dig in the trenches with you. I want to be your foxhole buddy. I want to dig in with you, help you fight this battle because anything worth having, anything worth doing well, any success story has a battle to it. It will not be easy. Anything worth having is not easy. And so I know you can do it. I know you can push forward. And I know you'll get it accomplished. Today we're gonna to talk about the adapt the adoption curve and how that applies to your dreams. Now, if you're listening to this and you work in the realm of technology, then you're probably familiar with this somewhat. This will come from the days when I was a project manager in IT, and it's also known as the law of diffusion of innovation. Um, But I have tweaked this a bit. And so the version that you're going to get today comes directly from my book, Delta to Victor, 22 Days to Change. It takes 21 days to create a habit. And so in my book, I give you 22 days, 21 days to create a healthy habit and the extra day to celebrate. And one of the things, this is a daily devotional that I wrote to help you create change, I walk through the book of Nehemiah and pull out the key things that Nehemiah did to create change in his life. The intention of my book here is so that if you just take one or two of these, your life will be astronomically better. If you implement all 21 things, <laughs> it's going to drastically improve your life. I think I implemented these things in my life and they improved my life and helped me drastically. They're just things that I picked up from other people. But we are going to cover uh, in this devotional, Delta to Victor, 22 Days to Change, day nine, the acceptance curve. Understanding that when you step out and you begin to do something, people are going to accept it immediately some people will never accept it and everything in between we'll talk about that in a minute but before we get into that I want to read to you some pretty funny quotes that I that I think as sitting here today in 2022 when I read these quotes you're going to be like seriously they said that yeah they did here's the first one right off right out of the gate Steve Ballmer the Microsoft CEO In 2007, are you listening? In 2007, the Microsoft CEO said, there's no chance. Do you hear that? There is no chance that the iPhone is going to get any significant market share. Oops. No chance the iPhone is going to get any significant uh, market share. How about this one? This will make you laugh. Daryl Zanuck, he was an executive at 20th Century Fox in 1946. Listen to this. This is going to crack you up. Television won't be able to hold on to any market it captures after the first six months. People will soon get tired of staring at a plywood box every night. <laughs> now we carry televisions in our pocket, right? We call them phones. Anyway, um, how about this? Sir William Priest, the chief engineer of the British Post Office in 1876, says the Americans have need of the telephone. We do not. We have plenty of messenger boys. That's right, you messenger boys. You better run faster because you're going to have to beat the speed of the telephone. Right? Well, the Americans need it, but we here in the United Kingdom, we don't need telephones. Um... <laughs> Let me see some. Let me see if there's another one here. Um, oh, this will this will make you laugh as well. So, the president of the Michigan Savings Bank was talking to Henry Ford's lawyer, um, and he told the lawyer, "Do not invest in Ford Motor Company." This was in 1903. So, don't don't invest in Ford Motor Motor Company. The horse is here to stay, but the automobile is only a novelty a fad. <laughs> yes, that's right. Everybody hook up your horses and let's, <clears throat> let's vacation 12 hours away. Jump on your horses and let's go. Right, right. It, this notion that, we, that people laugh at you, this notion that people think that the ideas that you have aren't going to work, they're not going to gain market share, they're not going to be functional and, and impact society. Listen, I'm here to tell you, let them laugh. Let them tell you it can't be done. Right now, I'm working with a lady who has never been in the sports world. She knows really nothing about sports, right? If you're watching football and they kick a field goal, she will say, like, yes, a hole-in-one, right? Or she'll watch basketball the hit of three and she'll, wow, what a great home run. I'm joking, of course. I I am clearly joking on that, but she's never really been involved in the sports world. She is now building a company, surround, uh, ha, and the company has to do with British sports and mental health. She's in contact with the owners of several major um, football clubs, or here in the states we call them. Uh, soccer teams. And she is flying to the UK, doing all this research, doing all these things, getting a lot of traction from professional clubs that are flying her out. She's interviewing players, owners, coaches, and so on. And she just started a few months ago. What is a person that knows nothing about sports, has never really been invested in sports, but she's taken up this mantle of, of mental health of, of UK sports players. She's making connections and growing her business. Now, if you were to look at that on the outside, as, I, as I'm working with her and helping to coach her along in this and move her forward in this, if you look at it from the outside, you'd be like, this should never work. <clears throat> but I'm here to tell you it's working. Why? <clears throat> she didn't listen to the naysayers. She created boundaries and said, nope, sorry, if that's going to become a topic of conversation, we're moving on because she believes in her dream. She believes in what she's really passionate. She's becoming passionate about this and she's learning. She loves to learn and she's learning so much about sports, specifically in the UK uh, with rugby and soccer, and she's growing in that. She's not listening to the naysayers. And so as we talk about the adoption curve today, I want you to really think about what is that thing inside of you that says, I've got to do this. I've got to get this done. In my devotional, as I walk through the book of Nehemiah, I'm going to read to you the particular scripture that I have for day nine, talking about the acceptance curve when you want to change your life, right? Maybe maybe you've just been a couch potato and you've been binging on Netflix and you decide, I'm going to go start working out well, guess what people are going to do? They're going to laugh at you. Maybe not blatantly to your face, but inside you can tell the non-verbals that are like, okay, what's wrong with that guy? So <clears throat> here we are. Nehemiah in the Bible feels heavily drawn and moved by God to go back to his home city and rebuild the wall, rebuild the wall in Jerusalem. Now he he is far away from Jerusalem. He's living in another country. He is able to get before the king. The king wants to know why he looks sad. He says, well, you know, I'm here serving your kingdom and serving you. But my homeland, my hometown it lays ruin and is decimated. And I have a strong desire to go back and rebuild the wall. So he goes back and he starts to rebuild the wall. Now, in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 19, early on in the book, in the Bible, This is what people say to Nehemiah. This is just one. There's several things they say throughout the book. I'd encourage you to pick up your Bible, read the book of Nehemiah. It'll blow you away. But here in Nehemiah chapter two, verse 19, here's what they say. What is this you're doing? They asked, are you rebelling against the king? They just flat out said, what are you doing? You're rebelling against the king. Now, what they don't know is that Nehemiah has got papers from the king that says, hey, he can do this. But they're questioning Nehemiah. They're like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Why are you getting off the couch to go exercise? Why are you changing your diet? Why are you doing any of this stuff? I remember in my own life when I worked in corporate America as a project manager. And I said, you know, I think I'm going to leave this cubicle. And I'm going to go start a church in a rural town of 2,000 people. I'm going to walk away from working for a Fortune 50 company, great benefits, tremendous pay. I'm going to walk away from all of this, and I'm going to go start a church in rural Indiana. Now, nobody laughed out loud. Nobody said anything, but you know the nonverbals, right? I mean, you know <laughs> you know the nonverbal looks I got. You know... All of this stuff, because it's happened to you in some way, shape, or form, right? People have laughed at you. People have said something uh, behind your back or off to the side, and you've caught wind of it. And the thing is, is that all of these things happen to us. It doesn't matter. Maybe you're not starting a church from scratch out of your living room in a rural farm town uh, in Indiana. Maybe you're trying to do a a, a startup company selling leather goods maybe you're trying to do as my friend a startup company on the mental health of uk of athletes in the uk maybe you're trying to do as another person that i'm working with is starting up their own health company right um and exercise and health company maybe you're like uh somebody else that i'm working with that has that has started and working working their own fishing rod on the side for a side hustle and developing custom-made fishing rods Whatever it is that you're doing, people are going to make fun of you, but they won't do it to your face because our society doesn't have that much gumption in them anymore, at least not individuals one-on-one. They're going to do it behind your back. They're going to do it on the side. They're going to go off somewhere else and talk to other people. So it's important to understand there will be people who are not for you, or there will be people who... Maybe they're not for you, but they don't understand your sudden need to intentionally transition or to pivot. They don't understand the need for that. And it's likely that some of these people that are in this camp, you've known for a long time. They may not necessarily be against you, but they don't see a need for change. The result is that they aren't necessarily in agreement with you. So, As I said, with any change, there is what I call the acceptance curve that I adopted and adapted from the law of diffusion of innovation. Now, you can just Google that. You can can Google the law of diffusion of innovation, and you will find it. It basically goes something like this. It's a bell-shaped curve. On the front end of that curve, 2.5% are the people that innovate. 13.5% are your early adapters. And then you have the early majority that say, okay, this seems to be catching on, I'll do it. Those about 34%. You have the late majority that come in, that's the other 34%. And then you have your laggards who are 16%. And that is what's known as um, the law of diffusion of innovation and technology. But here's what I want to, here's what I want to tell you. As I as I took a look at this and I began to look at my own life and sat back and began, I I kind of saw those percentages change. I, I wrote out, and you'll never see this because it's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. But I wrote out names of people that were totally for me on board. Um, they were the, what you would call the, uh, tr- what I call the trailblazers, right? Trailblazers are people that are going to invest blood, sweat, and tears with you. So let's say you're wanting to open up your own restaurant. Your trailblazers are the people that are going to jump on board with you. They're going to say, how can I help, right? They might donate money um, to help you. They might invest, sorry, they might invest for you to get your restaurant off the ground. They might come and work for you for the first three months to help you get your restaurant off the ground. These trailblazers, these are the people that you need to surround yourself with when you're talking about your new idea your new invention, the next thing you want to do, right? You need the trailblazers around you. Why? Because you're blazing a trail. And what you don't want are people on the other end that will never adopt or adapt to your new idea, right? So trailblazers are people that are going to insert their blood, sweat, and tears with you. Trailblazers are people who are going to say, like in my case, they're like, yeah, let's let's get this church started, right? And they they came on board and they got excited with us to get the church started in our living room and etc. So they pushed forward, they pushed, they pushed out and they pushed on and they came to meetings in our living room and, and so on and so forth. They really were trailblazers. These are the people you need to surround yourself with. Listen, don't share your dream with just everybody. Don't do it. If your dream or the thing that you want to accomplish, your goal that's deep inside of you, that you're passionate about, if you go out and share that with everybody, not everybody's going to understand and you need to stop. Because people are going to spit venom on your dreams. Because that's not who they are. Oh, they like you. They like your family. They love you. You go out to eat with them. But they're not dreamers. They're not trailblazers. And you need to know who you can talk to about your goals, your dreams, your passions. And they will trailblaze with you. These are the people you want at the tip of your spear. Do not share your dream with everybody. Because not everybody has the capacity for your dream. They will poo-poo it. (laughs) They will kill it. They will say death to your dream. Not intentionally, maybe. In fact, if they're really your friend, probably not intentionally at all. But it's just not how they're wired. They'll say, oh, that's good for you. That sounds great. Go for it you know, and they're not, they're just kind of like there, but they're not really doing, those people don't need to know your dreams, your aspirations, right? They don't need that. You don't need that. And so the first, I would say, probably when you start something uh, in my book, Delta to Victor, what I have found is that about 2%, (laughs) that's a very small percent right about two percent are trailblazers they're out there cutting edge doing new things trying different things pushing the envelope about two percent and then the next phase of that bell curve our are early, our early adapters, right? These are the people that are like, they're not really going to invest blood, sweat, and tears with you. They're not your trailblazers. They're not the ones that are going to dream with you. But when they start to see momentum and they start to see movement, they're going to jump on board. Now, here's the problem. Too many of us have this in our system, and I do too. I want to say, well, if you weren't on board to begin with, then don't start now. You weren't with me in the beginning. I don't want you now and you've just nearly killed your dream. Why? Well, think of it this way. If 2% are your trailblazers, the next section of your friends that are gonna jump on board, your early adapters that start to see it move, that's 18%. That's a huge jump from 2%, now adding on an additional 18%. Now you've got 20% of your people behind you. It's natural to say, look, you didn't see it from the outset, so don't bother me with it. You weren't on board, so forget it. Listen, your time for those type of statements is coming as we move through this bell curve. But it's not now. These are early adapters. Hey, I see your restaurant's really starting to grow. I'd like to come visit it. I'd like to come try it out sometime. It looks like your church is growing. I'd really like to come check it out sometime. Well, you should. Come check it out. Right? Invite them in. They're the early adapters. They just needed to see some movement. This might be... A, a someone who wants to heavily financially invest in your dream, they just needed to see some movement. Are you going to tell them no if they want to write you a fat check for your dream? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. So this next 18%, do that. Invite them in. The next group of people, this is where you've you've got your you've trailblazed your dream, you've trailblazed let's say your restaurant You've pushed it forward, your doors are open, your early adapters are coming in. there some of them maybe are still investing and now suddenly, it's up, it's running, people see it. It's going. Now you have the greatest percentage of people jumping on board. Your middle adapters. This is where like the city or the town recognizes your restaurant. Uh, maybe a local newspaper's written about it or, or a food blogger has blogged about it, people are starting to get on board, you're going to get about 60% are going to be your middle adapters. They're finally on board. They see it. And now think about this. You've gone from 2%. You've added an additional 18%. That's 20%. And now the largest Chunk of people are jumping on board with your idea. In fact, by this time, your idea is already up and running, it's taking off, it's growing, it's doing its thing. And now, six you're going to add 60 percent of people are going to now jump on board. Why? Because most people want to play it safe, most people want to know that the idea is going to work, it's going to function and do what it's supposed to do. That you're making that impact you said you were going to make. And once they see that, they're going to sit back and they're going to watch and see if it's really doing what it's supposed to do. And then the vast majority finally decide to jump on board. Because as I've said in previous podcasts, as I'm working on my third book, we all love our comfort zones. We all love the things that make us comfortable. And we don't want to move until we see everybody else do it. Monkey see, monkey do. It's the world we live in. It's the society that we live in. And so 60% then are going to jump on board. Once that 60% jumps on board, you're going to then have the other, another 18% known as the late adapters. They're going to, they're going to come on board late right? The other 18, they're going to come on late and go, well, the majority are doing it. So I'll do it. This is even a worse case of monkey see monkey do. Here's what I want to tell you. Don't stop. Let these people jump on board. Let them come in. They're going to bolster you. They're going to, you're now at sitting, you're now sitting at like 90 some, 98%, maybe 97%. It's all different based on uh, various factors of like what you're, what you're inventing or what you're doing. Uh, your personality, your marketing, all of this stuff, right? But they're jumping on board. And then, remember remember that phrase that I said about, well, you weren't with me at the beginning, so you can't jump on? Yeah, now's the time to pull that out of your pocket. Because these are the last group of people. They are called what I call the never- adapters. They don't like your idea, they don't ever see a need for it, they're never going to be a part of it, they don't want anything to do with it. So you know what? You write them off. Yeah, I said that. You write these people off. They aren't going to help you. Listen, you're never going to have 100% of the market share. You're never going to have 100% of your friends or your family or your people on board with you. It's not going to happen. Write them off. You don't need them. The problem is, is you want everybody to be as excited about your idea as you are. And these people will just be a deterrent to your creativity, to your desire to push forward. And even though they're a small 2%, they are on the other end of the spectrum as the trailblazers who first started with you. And so you... You don't need the never adapters. There are people that are never gonna come to your restaurant. There are people that will never use your product. There are people that will never come to your church. There are people that will never, that's fine. They're not for you. They're not part of your tribe. They're not a part of whatever it is that you're wanting to do. They aren't your people and you got to be okay with that. Now, the problem is, is that when that is your family, that's the never adapters or that's your close friend, that's your never adapter, that hurts. That's gonna leave some emotional scars. But I'm here to tell you, that's rare. That's rare that a, that a close family member or a close friend is a never adapter. They might, they might be somewhere in that middle adapter group, more than likely. Uh, they might be a part of the early adapters, and they might even be part of the late adapters. But I can tell you that 2% that never adapts or never accepts usually isn't your close friend or your family member. So I want, you to, I want you to think about that, consider that whatever change, whatever that dream is that you're ch- chasing, maybe you've got a list of countries on your bucket list that you just want to visit and you want to go. Maybe you're like me where, okay, like if I go someplace that's a tourist destination, I'm probably going to spend a day or so looking at the touristy stuff. And then I'm going to nestle down and kind of work my way into the local scene. What are the locals doing? what What's the what's the average guy doing at your average pub? Uh, what's your average lady doing? Um, you know, on her average day, you know, I don't know. I'm not a lady. I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> I had nowhere. I was going. I was going nowhere with that. But anyway, my point is this. For me. Uh, I'm going to see the touristy things, and then I, I want to talk to the locals. I just want to know what the average person is, uh, maybe some of the outliers in that local town or community. Uh, that's what I enjoy doing: finding restaurants that aren't chains that you're never going to be able to eat at unless you're there in that town. I do that when I travel. It's great. It's awesome. I love it. That's that's me. Most people though go to the touristy things because that's what everybody else does. Most people are middle adapters. They're just going to go with the flow with whatever anybody else does. And that's okay. Just know that when you're the always the outlier, people are going to look at you funny. And here, But here's what I want to tell you. Go for it anyway. Do it anyway. It doesn't matter. You are wired to accomplish the things that God has put in front of you to do. Go do them. Go get it done. Don't worry about your naysayers. Don't worry about your never adapters or your late adapters adapters. It's, adopters. it's not going to happen for some people. You got to be okay with that. You got you to gotta be willing to do that. Listen, with any change, you're going to make people uncomfortable. The reasons they are comfortable, uncomfortable will be countless, but a major reason for most is that they also want to change, but won't. They want to change, but they won't because it's too uncomfortable for them. So guess what? They're jealous of you. You're going to have people jealous of you. They'll distance themselves from you. And it's difficult because sometimes it means ending a long-held friendship so you can chase your dream. But here's what I can tell you. I promise you this. You will find new friends who are for you. And I can tell you that from experience. And let me tell you that it's worth it. Because when you have people that believe in your dreams versus your friends are like, I don't know if you should really do that. I don't know. You will find new friends. This is even this is not even in my notes for today for this show, but I want to say this anyway. When you chase your vision, vision does two things: it attracts people and subtracts people. You will lose friends if you chase your vision. That's okay. They weren't really your friends to begin with they aren't for you, right? Vision attracts people. So you will begin to attract new people that like your idea and want to get behind you and invest. You might attract some early adopters and some trailblazers, and you might lose some people depending on what your dream is, right? That's okay. That's a great filter to find out who's really for you. Don't be afraid of that. So as you think about your dream, if you're getting ready to start something, I want to ask you this, go ahead, get out some paper or get your phone or tablet or whatever and make a list. Who are the people in your life who are the early adapters or trailblazers? Can you make a list of your friends that you think would be a trailblazer for you? And then ask yourself, what can I do with my time to prioritize being around the trailblazers in my life? you need to begin to spend more time with your trailblazers. And then ask yourself, am I okay with a change in relationships? And how might I handle those changes? Ask yourself those three questions and think through as you begin to make change, you can anticipate these things, right? So whether you're uh, like two weeks ago when I interviewed my longtime friend, Ryan Rieger, who went from selling furniture in his garage to literally building an entire Amazon empire, or if you're like last week's with Amy Sewee, who went from (laughs) real estate agent in central Indiana to hunting pythons in the Everglades, here's what I want to tell you. What I just talked about today, those two people had those people in their lives. And they likely had to shift. In fact, I know, because in those interviews, off the recording, we talked about some of this and they had people that were early trailblazers and early adapters in our lives. And they had to surround themselves with those people. I would encourage you to find those people in your life, answer those questions. And if you want somebody who's going to get behind you and push you forward and get you to accomplish your dream and help you do that, I want to invite you to email me, Tyson at TysonPriest.com. I want to powerfully serve you as your one-on-one coach to help you accomplish your dream and your visions and your goals for your life. And to get through those things and help you understand what you're going to face when you're going through those phases and help you see your dream become a reality. If you'd like to have a group of people around you, I've got that as well. It's called a mastermind group. And we are seeing people really begin to take steps towards their dreams in that group. And you then don't only have myself, but you have people surrounding you with their dreams. And there's all sorts of dreams in that group. There's dreams uh, for one person just to, they're just remodeling their house and they just need a little push sometimes, Right? Or some assistance or help. So I got one person remodeling their house. I've got one person looking to, they're starting a podcast and, and starting a podcast around various uh, various things. So there's all sorts of dreams and goals in that group. We're going to bring all of our knowledge, our experience to bear for you to help you reach your dream and your goal. Listen, that's it. That's the, that is what I call uh, the adoption curve. I'm sorry, I call it the acceptance curve. That is in my book, Delta to Victor, 22 Days of Change. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Again, listen, this is your life. You are wired to accomplish everything that God wants you to accomplish. You need to go out, face your mountain, own it, out. (laughs)